This year, build your credit history with the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card. No credit checks to apply. Get started at Chime.com build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Chime checking account and 200 qualifying direct deposit required to apply. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Hello and welcome everyone to the Stardom Cast. This is episode 79. Hope everybody's doing fine and fantastic. See, I threw the little rhyme in there. It is a back to school season for most parents like myself. And uh, you have little ones that are back to school. I hope that their school year is fantastic and they're learning lots and that they're staying safe and being safe and having a good time. And most importantly, Get them to spread the fantastic world of stardom because, hey, that's what we're all about here, folks. Uh, I am your host, Matt Turner. I hope everybody is doing terrific. I hope you're better today than you were yesterday. I hope you're better this week than you were last week. Okay, now I know you're probably seeing in the description box how come Matt is only reviewing day 11 of the five star. How come he did not review day 12? Well... Easy answer for that as I record this on a Wednesday night so I can set it up to, to our fantastic editor-in-chief one, Mr. Sean Matros, in order for me to have this up in your podcast feed first thing Friday morning. I have to have this in at a timely manner, and unfortunately, we are at the mercy of Stardom World as I am recording this on a Wednesday night. And only day 11 is up. Uh, half of day 12 is up. I did watch the four matches that are on there, and they were fantastic. And rather than me just read off the results from day 12, I did not want to do that. And I won't do that. One, that's just lazy podcasting. And two, you fantastic friends and listeners and family of the Stardom Cast, you deserve much better, especially this five-star Grand Prix. So this is more than likely going to be a, uh, well, a shorter episode as I'm just going to review night 11 of the five-star, and then I will preview the uh, Yokohama Budokan pay-per-view coming up this weekend on 9-11. And then next week, it'll probably be a day 12, a day 13, and a day 14 review. So this will be a shorter episode this week, and then next week will be uh, much longer. So I apologize for uh, you know only just doing one show, but... Again, we're at the mercy of stardom world, so I will make it up to you next week, I promise. So uh, there's really no big news and notes. Well, I mean, obviously in the wrestling world, especially here in the States, there's some crazy stuff going on, and I'm really not going to comment too much on it other than uh, I hope everybody, if you don't know what I'm talking about, send me a DM, um, especially the what happened after the pay-per-view in Chicago this past week. Um, I hope just everybody can... 
settle their differences and put everything aside and let a cooler pet head prevail because all the talent that was involved in the incident is fantastic talent and I hope they can move aside. Um, also, uh, earlier this week, they announced that uh, Keiji Muda's retirement match will be inside the Tokyo Dome, which I thought it would be, but I thought it might have been for New Japan uh, at Wrestle Kingdom, but it's going to be sometime early next year for Pro Wrestling Noah. So Pro Wrestling Noah, for the first time in over 15 years, will be going back to the Tokyo Dome, which makes you think, hey, Pro Wrestling Noah is the third or fourth biggest wrestling company in Japan, and Stardom is the second biggest wrestling company in Japan. With over 200% growth. So I know Rasugawa has hinted at it uh, in the past that he would like to run the Tokyo Dome. So depending on how well Pro Wrestling Noah does at the Tokyo Dome. It's depending on maybe something that he's going to be looking at. But I do, hopefully, fingers crossed, uh, there's a possibility that we may be seeing stardom in the Tokyo Dome. Especially now, we're getting more towards like post-pandemic. I know New Japan just ran a full... Uh, Cork and Hall show with Channing, the whole nine yards. So uh, hopefully that's something that we continue at. Hopefully that they're staying safe over there in Japan and everywhere in the world. I know this podcast goes out to all the listeners in the world. And I thank you so much for listening. I hope wherever you are, you're being safe, not only with COVID-19 and all the uh, horrible variants that are out there, but just being safe in general. Okay, I guess that was your Uncle Matt Turner's public service announcement. Let's get into uh, Day 11 of the five-star Grand Prix. This takes place on the 3rd of September. In match number one, we have a non-tournament match as Mirai takes on Natsupoi, takes on Wakasuyama, takes on Momokogo. So we have a little four-way dance here. And I think this match is very smartly built. It's built off uh, Mirai and Natsupoi as they do have the tag team title match coming up this uh, this weekend. So I thought that was really good. So how they, they started, they they built the intensity around it. I thought that was really smart and added depth to the match. Uh, Waka and Momokogo, they really didn't take too much of a backseat here as Waka always seems to impress even though she still has that big goose egg. And as Momokogo has the goose egg as well, at least going into this night on the five-star Grand Prix. But I thought there was some really cool, innovative spots between all four individuals. Uh, Mirai uh, does a really good job. Mirai and Natsupoi, they wind up doing a really good job as the mil- the match builds to the crescendo to kind of take each other out. So this way it isolates Momokogo and uh, Waka. And uh, Momokogo, excuse me, yeah, Momokogo takes a page out of her trainer's book, Hazuki, as she hits the Lamai Strat Cradle on Waka in about 8 minutes, 35 seconds to get the job done. Three and a quarter stars. And I was shocked that Momo got the win here. Not that it was, I wasn't disappointed by any means. I'm a big fan of Momo Kogo. I'm a big fan of all four of these women. But I thought maybe that they would have gave Mariah the win just to build her up a little bit more towards going to the uh, the pay per view this weekend. So, but no, really solid match. Match number two is we have another non tournament match as the team of Hazuki and Saida representing stars taking on the team of Momo Watanabe and Ruwaka representing the evil Oedo Tai. A really good, solid strike exchange to begin with Momo Watanabe and Saida as they trade kicks and chops, as you kind of figure they would. Um, Momo, wants, Momo Watanabe gets the better of Saida in that exchange, but then Hazuki comes in, and if you're in a tag match with Hazuki and she gets tags in, you know what's going to happen, brother. Hazuki Mania is going to run wild. Uh, it's a really good double-team uh, action from the Stars team. And that seems to be their forte. It doesn't really matter what stars uh, duo are in there. 
you're always going to see some really, really good double-team action. Uh, Hazuki hits uh, Momo and Ruaka with some stiff, stiff uh, pump kicks. Basically, that gets uh, Momo out of the ring, and then she hits another one on Ruaka, and she hits the senton on Ruaka for the win. Seven minutes and 57 seconds. I gave this one three and a quarter stars. We move on to the first uh, five-star match of the evening as we go into the Red Stars block as we see Himika. She has a double point, double digits here with about uh, almost four weeks left to go. She's at 10 points, taking on May Sakurai, who I didn't see her getting more than four points, but she had six going into this, considering the fact that she had to qualify to get in. Um, Himika uses her power early on, but May Sakurai is able to counter uh, using some counter wrestling and locks on that slick STF that I'm a really, really big fan of and basically try to cut down the stronger opponent. Uh, May hits the uh, uh, elbow drop off the top row for two. Himika counters the Gourd Buster, which she has now named the Shining Buster with a beautiful back suplex and then locks in her signature half crab. She hits a pair of lariats for two. She hits the JP Coaster as May Sakurai winds up rolling her up for two. They go back and forth. She gets tripped. And May Sakurai gets the flash pin by hitting the Maypon roll at 8 minutes and 13 seconds. I thought this was a solid outing. This takes May Sakurai up to 8 points. I did not see her getting any more than 4, and she's doubled it at 8, with still a handful of matches to go, uh, leaving Himika at 10 points. Solid, solid match, and I thought it was, uh, the you know, you had the two members of Donald Del Mundo, and you had Julie and Micah all, almost like laughing at Himika, like, like, Really, I can't believe you fell for that. So I thought that was a kind of a nice little added-on thing. And then Himika was matched for about like a half a second. So uh, really, really solid match. From probably May Sakurai's best outing so far of the five-star. As she just continues to improve with every outing. We've seen it with Hana. We've seen it with Mina Shirakawa. Uh, we've seen it you know, with Starlight Kid, which she's been able to do over the last 14, 16 months. So just the improvement on these stardom wrestlers is just, it's, it's just fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. We move over to the Blue Stars block as we see Ami Sori. She's another one she had to qualify for this tournament. She's coming into this match with eight points against Starlight Kid, one of the favorites, who has half that, which the quick math would tell me four. So Ami Sori coming in with eight, Starlight Kid coming at four points. Uh, Ami really lays into Starlight Kid with some chops uh, in the beginning. The crowd gets really, really behind Ami Sori. Did not want Starlight Kid to uh, win this match at all as the crowd is... They just seem to be really rallying behind Ami, especially with her teaming with Mirai. I think the whole clap thing uh, is something that the crowd really, really seems to be enjoying. Starlight Kid, though, once she gets going, she really doesn't back away at all. I mean, Ami's sort of the much larger, the much stronger competitor. Uh, she uses her technical ability uh, to try to get some momentum back. She hits the Ase Moonsault. I thought that was uh, very well done. I think that when she does that, it really just shows just how good she is coming off the ropes and how uh, just technically sound she is with that. It seems like the Moonsault is like the go-to thing with like the stardom big stars. You know, you had Mayu, you you had uh, EO back in the day, or even EO using it now, still flawless. And now it's like Starlight Kid. It seems it's like a rite of passage that if you're going to be the next big thing, uh, to borrow a quote from somebody 20 years ago, that you have to hit the, the Moonsault so perfectly. And she does a great job with it. Um, Ami Sorry comes back with a few clotheslines for two. And then she tries the like a thunderbolt, a uh, fire thunder driver. But Starlight Kid escapes into the Momo Latch for the win. Three and a quarter stars. Uh, this match got done in seven minutes. My big note at the end, too short. I figured they should have given this match 11 or 12 minutes. They were going at a really, really good pace. And it just seems like they cut out like part of the match. 
and then they just went like kind of went to the finish. Uh, seven minutes, like I said, it was good. Three and a quarter stars. But I think they should have got three or four more minutes at least. But that's just me. And that gets Starlight Kid up to six points. We move back over to the Red Stars block where we see Saki Kashima coming in with four points, taking on one of the favorites to win the Red Stars block, the one and only Miss Tam Nakano. Tam Road trying to be full effect here. Um, they do a really good job in the beginning showcasing Saki Kashima's technical ability. And then it goes into the usual Oedo tie brawl. But Tam gets the advantage outside and hits a perfect dive onto the entire faction that was outside of Oedo Tai. Um, Tam gets Saki back in the ring. She hits the violent shooting and she goes for the Tiger Suplex. She escapes that with a Kishikasai for two. Everyone thought it was over with. Tam follows up with another violent shooting. She goes for the violent screwdriver, but Saki catches her in the Kishikasai counter. Back and forth they go. Same thing what she did to Shiri for the one, two, three. Six minutes, 18 seconds, three and a half stars. I thought this was a really good story, storytelling from both wrestlers. Again, I would have wished they would have gotten maybe two or three extra minutes. But Saki Kashima coming in now with six points, and she's tied with Tam. Well, technically, she would have the tiebreaker on Tam because she beat her. And just think, like, Saki, she's right now, as everyone knows, one-third of the Artists of Stardom champions. She just beat the former number one contender, for the World of Stardom Championship in Tam Nakano, who's also a former white belt member and our champion, and also the current one half of the Goddess of Stardom Championship. And then she also beat Shuri, who was last year's tournament winner and the current World of Stardom Champion. So Saki Kashima, even though she only has three wins in this tournament, she's got two really, really big quality wins here over Tam and, uh, and Shuri. And that's just the wild thing about the five-star. You just never know who's going to beat who. So... Okay, moving right back along here, folks. So we go into the, uh, excuse me one second, drop my pen. We go into the Blue Stars block action as we have Julia coming in with eight points, taking on Mina Shirakawa. And this is kind of just a tale of two different, um, two different tales here. As you have Mina, you had Mina, who won her first two matches, hasn't won since. And then you have Julia, who uh, lost her first two matches and hasn't lost since. So you kind of just wanted to see which way the momentum here was going to swing. So uh, Mina, right right from the beginning, goes after Julia's knee. Dropkick right, uh, the, that low angle dropkick right to the knee. Very, uh, we talked about him earlier, very great Muda style, uh, KG Muda style. Sets up for the figure four leg lock. She goes back and forth, but they blocks it in really well. Julia does a really good job selling it. Julia gets the ropes, but... Uh, when she gets the ropes, Mina just keeps rolling. And she rolls her all the way to the outside. She keeps the figure four leg lock in. Very cool spot. And rolls all the way up towards the entrance ramp. And then uh, she waits. The referee counts about 11 or 12. She runs into the ring. Crowd really getting behind Julia here to make sure she doesn't get count out, counted out. And then uh, Julia does a really good job selling. Really good facials here. Really good job panning towards the crowd on the near count out. And uh, she gets in the ring just at 19. I thought those were really good. And she, the, the crowd came up for it. And the crowd bit that that might have been the uh, the finish here. The really good spot there to start. And it's basically showing that Julia has to fight from underneath to uh, to get this win so she can try to get the double digits. Uh, back in the ring, Mina goes right back to the figure four. Again, crowd is really, really into this. They really come up here. Uh, Julia gets back, right back to the rope. She climbs up to the turnbuckle or climbs up on the turnbuckle to try to support herself to get up. And Mina stays super aggressive, hits the uh, rolling elbow to the back of the neck, and then picks her up, puts her on the top rope, hits the draping DDT. And then Mina just keeps firing up, pouring on kicks, elbow, spinning back fist for two. 
Julia finally counters with a Rich Clust backdrop driver. She hits two Shining Blacks and the Falcon Arrow for two. And then uh, she fires up, gets kind of gets off that knee. She hits another backdrop driver for the win. Eight minutes, 46 seconds, three and a half stars. This was, uh, when I saw this one on paper, I figured, oh, this one was going to be really good. And it was good. It kind of just missed the mark for me. They did a really good job with the psychology of going after the knee. Uh, I thought the storytelling with Mina just being super aggressive. Again, I say it all the time on this podcast, Julia is so fantastic on taking people that are, for lack of a better term, like underneath her on the card and just making them so much better and then giving them so much. Like Julia really only had that little flurry towards the end. And, uh, you know, that's all, you know, you say, well, that's all it took to, uh, to put away, but it made Julia look better because she had a fight from underneath right from the get-go. You know, she got locked in the figure four. She got hit with all these strikes. She got hit with a draping DDT off the top rope. And then uh, she really had a, you know, fight from, from beneath the comeback. So I thought that was a really good storytelling, uh, storytelling aspect there. I was kind of hoping for maybe a little back and forth towards the end, but uh, we did not get that, but that, that's A-OK. Another thing that you may have to think about too, I mean, we're halfway through this tournament. These ladies got to be beat up. So you're not, I don't think you're going to you're going to see some matches where they may take a half a step back. I mean, you know, I don't want to say that because I don't want to be disrespectful, but maybe they're just being a little bit safer because they don't want to get too, too banged up. At the same time, they did tell a really, really good story. And I'm just really impressed to see just how uh, how much more Mina Shirakawa has improved and just how Julia just just does a great job shining up everybody she works with in the ring. doesn't matter if it's somebody on the top of the car, like Yutami, Mayu, or Sherry, or if it's a Miyu or a Hana, um, or it's a, if they're in a multi, multi-person multi tag match. Julie is so giving uh, when it comes to her opponents and her partners in the ring. And that's just uh, that's just a promoter's dream. I mean, a booker and a promoter would absolutely love somebody like Julia. Plus the fact she's just she's has that star and aura presence to her. I mean, she really is. The uh, uh, she's not Lex Luger, but we may as well call her the total package. Afterwards, there was a backstage promo that Julia gave making reference that she'd like to see Mina become a little bit more aggressive and turn into the bloody angel and hinted that she would like to see Mina maybe break up from Cosmic Angels as there's so many new members and then maybe come to Donald Del Mundo. So that's something to keep uh, keep our eye out for, folks. So match number seven. We go to the co-main event of this evening as we go to the Red Stars block. We see Shuri with six points, one three, last three, taking on Micah. She's coming in with eight points. Um, we get some really good uh, solid grappling to start. Obviously, Micah has that judo background, so uh, she's really good at ring positioning and how to position her opponents for you know certain throws and knuckle locks and arm locks and leg laces. And obviously, Shuri is a legit shooter. I talk about it all the time. Former UFC competitor former strawweight uh, uh, Pancrase champion. So really good uh, stuff there. Sherry winds up getting the better of the uh, of the uh, early exchange, the groundwork, the uh, the mat work, and lays him some heavy kicks on the bigger Micah. Micah uses a series of shoulder tackles and clotheslines to slow down Sherry's onslaught. Micah hits a big superplex for two, but Sherry fires back with uh, some few kicks and that jumping knee. But Micah uses the Buzz Sawyer-style power slam to try to slow the champ down. Uh, doesn't work as Sherry comes back with a code breaker and then hits the Ruin, uh, but she can't follow up all the way with uh, the Ruin, like going for the uh, the pinfall, just because of just the earlier damage that Micah had put on Sherry. I thought that was a really good storytelling aspect with Micah hitting the superplex, hitting the power slam, and Sherry basically almost a desperation Ruin couldn't follow up. Um, 
Sherry comes back off the ropes to kind of blitz Micah with a series of strikes, but she winds up hitting a, Michino- a desperation Michinoko driver, and then she can't follow up. So you kind of have this tale of two uh, onslaught uh, offenses being halted by one big move but can't follow up. I love that storytelling there. I thought that was awesome. The two exchanges some brutal headbutts uh, as the crowd really, really starts coming up here towards the end of the match. Sherry locks in an armbar, but Micah does the Bob Backlund, Carl Goff-style powerbomb. Uh, to get out of the submission, absolutely love that. Or for you Pride uh, Pride Fighting Chip fans, the Rampage Bomb as well. Uh, she hits a big Larry for two. Micah fires up through the pain, hits a discus lariat, hits one Mijinoku driver, and picks her up, and then hits a Tornado-style Mijinoku driver. Absolutely love that for the win, as this one was coming so close to the time limit. I had this one four solid stars, one of the must-see matches of this tournament. 14 minutes, 28 seconds. We were 32 seconds away from a draw. And then the Sherry Utami match was just a few seconds away from a draw as well. Micah's doing a really good job getting these new moves over. She, she obviously throws a wicked clothesline. She's at the discus clothesline in. And she throws a phenomenal Michinoko driver. I like the Tornado-style Michinoko driver. I thought that was very well done. And it showed that she, does ha- she needed all those giant moves and the put a little bit more spin on it, literally a spin on it, to get the win over the champion. And that takes Micah to 10 points. Shuri now has, she has lost to Utami. She has lost to Saki Kashima. She has lost to Koguma. And now she's lost to Micah. And I wouldn't I, I wouldn't be shocked. I would, like, earlier in the tournament, you know, before the tournament started, like, yeah, I can see her getting rolled up. I can see maybe Micah getting a win or obviously Utami because, you know, Utami needs that win over Shuri to get her some momentum in this tournament. But the fact that she hasn't been pinned in a singles match going into this tournament in like a year, and she's had a dominant World of Stardom Championship run, and she won this tournament last year. The fact that she's only won three and she's lost four, that's kind of like a head-scratcher to me. Um, but on the bright side that, um, you know, well, well, I think that we will probably see a Micah Sherry title match somewhere down the line, leading into whoever Sherry wrestles uh, for the, you know, the winner of this tournament. So, obviously... I'm not going to say no to that. Obviously, Mike and Shira, I'd love to see these two tangled up again, maybe more with a 20-minute time limit or a 30-minute time limit where they can kind of draw this match out a little bit more. But, uh, yeah, again, four stars, absolutely solid, solid match. And this is a match that I have definitely recommended to my friends. We move on to the main event of this evening as we go over to the Blue Stars Black match as we have a pair of eights, as we have Mayu Yutani coming up eight points, taking on the Wonder of Stardom champion, and my wrestler of the year, Sai Kamatani, coming in with eight points as well. Kind of wondering, how are they going to follow up that match? And boy, howdy, did they. Uh, fast and Furious action to start as uh, Mayu winds up getting Saki Kashima, uh, uh, Sai Kaki Kashima, Sai Kamatani, <laughs> Sai Kamatani uh, out of the ring. And she has her signature dive early on and goes to work on Saya's back. Saya counters with a dropkick as Mayu spills the outside. And then Saya fo- follows up with her signature springboard planta. So early on, they're setting the tone that they're going for their high-impact offense to the outside. And they both hit theirs. So I thought that was really good. Especially you have two baby faces and two beloved baby faces. Uh, it's, you, know, you don't need any real heel psychology. Just the story of this match is just who's better. Who's going to outwill who? Who's going to out-technique uh, who? So that that was a really, really cool storytelling spot, like the first minute and a half, two minutes uh, into this match, especially coming off the back of that phenomenal Shuri-Micah match. 
back and forth they go as a Mayu floor Sai with a big, big forearm. And then Sai comes back with that jumping spin kick that she just seems to wrap around her opponent's head. Uh, she hits the Star Crusher. She goes to the 450 splash, but she misses. Uh, she rolls through out of the way. Mayu comes back. She hits the super kick into the crucifix bomb. I love that combination when she strings that. Crowd's really, really coming up here towards the end. Uh, Mayu goes for the dragon suplex, but the champ... Uh, she she slips out she slips out of the dragon suplex and it's a big pump kick and then Mayu throws another brutal super kick we don't see that too often Mayu hitting two of them like that but she does hits another super kick and then uh, she goes to uh, roll Saya up a kind of little miscommunication there but that's okay when Mayu comes back up she gets hit with a hurricanrana for the surprise win nine minutes twenty six seconds I like this match just a little bit more than the previous match four and a quarter stars. Uh, this was absolutely tremendous, as we thought it would be. Some just nonstop action, really good psychology. Neither competitor really had a clear advantage. Wouldn't look like Saya Kamatani did have the clear advantage. She misses the 450 splash. Uh, and then when it looked like Mayu, when she was able to string the super kick, crucifix bomb combination. But when it looked like she had the clear advantage, she went for her, uh, one of her uh, big moves, the dragon suplex, and that got countered as well. So it just seemed like anytime any wrestler had a big advantage, there was a counter, and then eventually the counter to the counter to the counter with Sai Kamatani hitting the Hurakurana and hooking the legs for the jackknife win. Uh, excellent match. Solid, solid show. Now, I did watch the first four matches of the show from the fourth. And again, I'm not going to review it uh, just because I don't want to review a partial show. But I'm really, really enjoying what, I, what I'm seeing, and I'm really, I can't wait for the whole show to be uploaded. I really want to watch Mayu and not support. So, again, uh, I will go over my top five matches of this tournament thus far. Again, we're going off the top of my head. Number five would be Hazuki and Natsupoi. Number four would be Julian Starlight Kid. Number three would be Sayakamatani and Starlight Kid. Number two would be Julia and Hazuki. And number one will remain Shuri versus Utami. So... Uh, again, I apologize, everyone, for this just being a shorter episode as I just have that one show to review. But we are going to preview, or I'm going to preview the pay-per-view coming up um, on this Sunday. Which means that after I get done wrestling this weekend, I'm actually wrestling at a comic book convention this weekend. Uh, I'll be in the Poconos at ColossalCon. If you are going to be there and you are a listener of the Starter Cats, come over by the merchandise table and I will uh, make sure you're all taken care of, obviously. Uh, pictures and autographs are always free. I will never, ever charge for those. Okay, so when I get done wrestling, I'm probably going to come home, eat, shower, and then run about three or four hours of sleep as I'm a big fan of just watching these matches live and interacting with all the fantastic friends and family of the Stardom cast on the old Twitter machine. So, okay, let me just pull it up here. Yeah, this is a pre-show battle royal start time, 3.30 a.m. Eastern. So, yeah, probably by the time I get home, shower, eat, it'll probably be about uh, close to midnight. But, hey, that's A-OK. -okay. I'm not complaining. I'm bragging. So, all right, we got eight matches on this card. And this, this card does take place at the Yokohama Budokan. So, I'm going in what I think is going to be in order just by what uh, we are starting posted on Twitter. So, match number one, we'll see the debut tag team of the new God's Eye member, Inaba, teaming with the World of Stardom champion, Sherry, to take on Mina Shirakawa and poor Waka Sugiyama. Uh, all my eggs in the basket of Inaba probably pinning Waka. Uh, definitely pinning Waka. But I think that's, I don't think Sherry, the champ, so you have the champ, 
<laughs> and one of the lead <laughs> last year's winner of this tournament, the champion Sherry, and one of the persons leading the uh, the pack for wrestler of the year, uh, the opener of this of this card to show you how stacked it is. Uh, and then we're going to see, you know, obviously Mina's so improving and Waka coming back from an injury. She looks really, really good. But yeah, I'm going to put, uh, <laughs> I'm going to bet all my comic book money for the week on the uh, God's Eye team getting the win here. Match number two, Red Stars block. We have Yunagi taking on Risa Sarah. Uh, Yunagi, only a few points in the tournament. Wouldn't be shocked if we get an upset win here, but I'm going to go with our Risa Sarah getting the win. Match number three. Oh boy, this is a tough one. We have the Queen's Quest members in the Red Stars block. Utami taking on Azumi. Again, I don't I uh I didn't see or really read the spoilers of the 9-4 show. So I'm not sure what the point totals are, but I'm pretty sure you Azumi and Utami are pretty close to the top. Now I have Utami winning the this block, the Red Stars block. My wonderful wife has Azumi winning. The Red Stars block. And Azumi did cut a promo last week where she did say, hey, the finals are on my 21st birthday. So our 20th birthday. I think she's only turned 20. Jeez, that blows my mind. The finals are on my birthday. What a great birthday present will be for me to win the five star on my birthday. So she kind of is throwing that out. I'm going to say Utami gets the win here. But that's that's another tough one. And here's another tough one. Oh, boy. Sayakamatani. We go back to the Blue Stars block. Sayakamatani taking on uh, Suzu Suzuki. Suzu Suzuki needs a win here. She has zero points. But again, I did say, you know, there were a lot of people like, how come she doesn't have any wins? I, I did say there's a possibility that she doesn't have any wins and then she maybe she blocks Julie on the final night. But I'm going to say Suzu Suzuki gets a win here. And then somewhere between now and the end of the year, Suzu Suzuki gets a title shot against Saya Kamatani. I don't think anybody's going to complain about that. Sayakamatani has got some absolute bangers coming up after this tournament's over. Obviously, the Kari match is something they're going to have to play back. And then I, I really think that between now and the end of the year, the beginning of next year, I think you're going to get that Sayakamatani-Hazuki match where I think Hazuki's going to be the one to take the belt off her. Regardless, I'm going to say Suzu-Suzuki. This is literally a point where I can literally, outside of, the three non-tournament matches, I can see myself being wrong on each one. So, But I'm going to say Suzu gets her first win by beating the Wonder of Star champion, Sayakamatani. Back to Red Stars block we go. We see Saki from Colors taking on Himika. Boy, Himika's got a lot of points. She's got a lot of points here. Does Saki get the upset win here? I'm going to say no. I'm going to go with the Donald Del Mundo, Donald DDM, Donald Del Mundo member. Say that three times fast. Uh, I'm going to say Himika picks up the win here. But again, it's a match I could get wrong. Okay, we go to Blue Stars block. Okay, the early, huh? So, all right. Mayu Iwatana, Mayu Iwatani taking on Julia. Julia has to keep winning here. Well, she's only down. Suzuki, she's got uh, 10, 12. I think she's up to 12. 10 or 12. And then Hazuki's got 14, but Hazuki wins the tiebreaker. I still think Julia's taking this whole thing, especially the way that this tournament's building towards her. And when I said last week, and I had so many people that uh, tweeted at me and agreed with me, and I, you know, thank you. I appreciate that. And it's okay to disagree with me. That's a okay. Um, that I, I think just with the growth of stardom, if you want to continue growing, that I think once they decide Sherry's title reign is done, that Julie is the next person to go to. She just has that certain aura 
completely different aura about her than anybody else in the company. Really, any women really uh, competing in, in wrestling today, if you ask me, I think she just this is just completely different aura than anybody else. So, okay, I know a lot of people last year had this uh, this match between Julia and Mayu as their uh, favorite match of the tournament. And I know they did, they had the, uh, I believe it was a 30, they go 20 or 30, 30 minute time limit drop for the number one contendership uh, back in January of early this year. I'm going to say Julia wins this one. But again, it's, it's a it's a pick em. It really is a pick em. They haven't had a draw yet. So maybe this is the first one that goes to a draw just because they had a draw earlier in the year. But they haven't, I mean, Rossi doesn't really like doing draws on pay-per-views. If any match is going to go to a draw on a pay-per-view in this tournament, uh, it's going to be this one. But I'm going to say Julia picks up the win here. We go on to the co-main event, Artists of Stardom Championship. Boy, the, I just I just re-looked at th- this morning, and I'm super excited for this one because you have the the champions. Momo, Watanabe, Starlight Kid, Saki Kashima defending against the former tag champs, FWC, Hazuki, Koguma, and the current future Stardom champion, uh, so we're going to see another version of uh, Black Desire versus FWC. No problem with, with that with me there. And, uh, and you're going to get the ever-improving Miss Hana in as well. So, And then you'll probably see Hazuki, you know, abusing Starlight Kid uh, even more than maybe even Julia did. I mean, who knows? Then you'll probably see some high-speed stuff with uh, Koguma and Starlight Kid. And then you'll get, obviously, some really stiff action between Momo and Hannon, and then obviously Momo and Hazuki. This one, to me, is a little easier to pick. I would not be shocked if we see new tag, new champs, but I am going to say that the uh, Oedo Tai team retain. Moving on to what I believe will be the main event, will be the first title defense of Tam Nakano and Nasapuri representing Cosmic Angels, taking on the team of Mirai and Ami. Sorry, this will be fun. This will be hard-hitting. I'm excited to see the stiff exchanges between Tam and Mirai. Uh, this is, yeah, this is this is going to be a good one. This is this whole show looks just absolutely stacked, and I can't wait to watch it this Sunday. But uh, I don't just don't see Tam and Asapoi losing the belts on their first defense, and it just seems poor Mirai and Ami. Sorry, this is their third ch- chance at the titles in about three months, and uh, I think they're going to come up short here again. But that's a okay because I think they're going to get built up. I mean, they're getting built up very well in this tournament. I think they're going to have a really, really good run at the Goddess of Stardom uh, tournament coming up towards the end of this year. So, uh, yeah, excellent, excellent show. If anybody's up during that show, feel free to tweet me, Matt Turner OF, on Instagram and or the Twitter. And, uh, yeah, we can definitely discuss what's going on, what's going on with the matches. And let me know what are your top matches of this tournament. Let me know if Julie and Mayu was uh, one of your top matches of last year's tournament. As I might go back and revisit that match somewhere between now and uh, the end of this week, if I have time, because I guess this is my ham-fisted segue, as I am super busy doing the bi-weekly homework for the next podcast coming up for the uh, fantastic members of our Patreon. Uh, Probably in about a week's time or so from when you listen to this, the next uh, White Belt and Red Belt tier member uh, episode will be available. That will be Io Shirai's V10 World of Stardom Championship reign. I think I only have two or three matches to finish that, uh, and then I will record. So that will probably be in your feeds in about the next week or so. Coming up on Monday for our next Watch Along, we go to the finals of the 2020 Five Star Grand Prix as Yutami Shista takes on Micah, uh, just in lieu of just 
they just seem to have banger after banger in the five star and then Micah's two uh her two championship challenges against Utami. I went back and watched those for an episode for the Patreon that again, if you're a Patreon member, you can go back in the archives and listen to it. If you're a new member of the Patreon and you're thinking about joining the Patreon member, that one's only three bucks, folks. You know, after you need to help support the show, greatly appreciate it. But you can go back and listen to the Utami World of Stardom Championship uh, uh, run. And, uh, you know, I reviewed both those matches as well as all of her matches from that run. But that is, sorry, I'm not a rant here. That will be the, uh, the watch along that'll be on your feeds uh, Monday morning. More than likely, Monday morning will be Utami versus Micah 2020 five star finals. Thank you, everyone, so, so much for listening. Thanks for hanging in with me there. Uh, again, I apologize for the short show, and I'm going to apologize ahead of time because next week it's going to be much longer as we have not one, not two, but three shows to review. So, uh, yeah, you know, I hope you're all enjoying the five star. Hope you're all having. I hope you all had a fantastic summer. As we're getting pretty much towards the close of the summer, as I'm literally looking outside my window and it's cool, it's calm, it's a little bit of raining. As you can see, fall and football, American football season is here again. Thank you, everyone, so much. Please, uh, questions, comments, let me know. Matt Turner, OF, to uh, everyone supporting the show, I greatly, greatly appreciate it. Can't do anything, can't do uh, that without you. Please, when you get a chance, go on to iTunes and give me a five-star review if you think I deserved it. If you don't think I deserved it, please let me know why. Let me know how we can get the show better. Because remember, this isn't just my show. It is your show. Because remember, we're all in this together, and everybody's different. Everybody's special. Have a great day and a great night. Bye-bye. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.